0: Good morning, First Church family and friends. Today, um, I'm going to bring you the second in a series of new messages that um, we're going to be preaching over the summer months, uh, a a series entitled Lessons in Character. Last week, I began by talking about uh, the COVID-19 crisis and the impact that it's had on all of us. Um, and I challenge us to follow the example of an Old Testament character uh, by the name of David, the same David who slew Goliath and eventually became the king of Israel. Um, and we examined um, uh, an incident or an episode in the life of, of David before he became king, and it's found in an Old Testament book called First Samuel. It's the second last chapter, chapter 30, 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it's a story of how David responded in a time of disaster, in a time of crisis. Uh, you know, David was um, uh, a political fugitive. He and 600 men who were loyal to him had had fled um, King Saul, who was jealous of David and uh, was threatened by him. And David and these 600 men had to flee into the desert, uh, living kind of like refugees in caves and, and so on. And eventually David and these 600 men um, began to form a bit of an unlikely friendship with uh, a former enemy, the Philistines. And, and actually the, uh, David wanted to fight alongside the Philistines against King Saul of Israel. But the Philistine commanders didn't trust David's intentions and thought that, you know, he might, in the middle of the battle, turn against them. And so Achish, the Philistine king, had to send David back uh, to Ziklag, their hometown, um, and that's where their headquarters were, and send them back. And so uh, David and his uh, 600 men arrived back in Ziklag only to find that Ziklag had been attacked, it had been plundered. Uh, all of their, the women and children and their possessions and their, their, their cattle and their sheep and everything were stolen, and everything was gone, and the place was burned down. and And David uh, and his men were uh, in distress. This was a real test of David's uh, faith. Uh, even more, it was a test of his leadership. Now, last week we examined how David responded to this crisis. Uh, What we notice is that he didn't panic, and he didn't just act on his own impulsively. Uh, David's men, uh, when this happened, that they got back and realized that everybody and everything was gone, they blamed David uh, for what had happened, and they were conspiring to kill him, and I think David probably feared for his life. And so what did David do? Well, 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 tells us, David found strength in the Lord his God. And here we see an example of David's faith. Uh, David turned, in a time of crisis, he turned to God for help. Uh, He didn't just rely on himself. Um, David found strength in his God, but he still needed to know what to do about the problem of all the missing people and their possessions. Um, He needed to know if God had a strategy, if there was a way they could recover it. And so we notice what David does next. And you'll see the scripture come up uh, on the slide. It says, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And the Lord answered, Pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Here we see an example of David's humility. So we see his faith and his humility. We, we see that David stilled and quieted himself before God, um, and he waited for God to speak, for God to give him instructions on what to do next. And only then did David act. When David was severely tested, we see his faith and his humility on display. But David also manifested two other leadership qualities that I want to talk about in today's message. In the next several verses of 1 Samuel 30 verses 9-17, through and if you've got a Bible uh, you can hold this open and and kind of follow along in the story. But here we see an example of David's courage. Uh, David had learned from past experience that when he relied on God's help that he could overcome any obstacle. All he needed to know was that God was with him. And so when the Lord told David, yes, you will certainly overtake the Amalekites, David was able to summon the courage to act decisively. And so David and his men went in pursuit of the Amalekites. And in verse 9, it tells us that once David knew the will of God, there was no hesitation on his part. David knew when it was time to wait And he knew when it was time to act. And this was, this really had become a a spiritual practice that David had fostered over many years of following God. He couldn't summon this kind of decisiveness and courage just in the moment had he not walked with God this way for years and years. Uh, So David's courage was more than just uh, cocky arrogance or bravado. His courage was rooted deeply in his faith in God. Once David knew that God was with him, he was absolutely fearless in the midst of danger. So it reminds me of David's words to King Saul. And last week I talked about how David had confronted the Philistine uh, warrior and champion, Goliath. Um, And when uh, David uh, had decided that he was going to fight Goliath, Uh, King Saul couldn't believe it, that this young shepherd uh, would be able to uh, handle himself in this situation. And this is what David said to King Saul. And it's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear. Remember, David was a shepherd. And he had to protect the sheep from wild animals that would prey on them. He said, the same Lord that protected me from the lion and the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. You see, David's courage was not in himself. It was in God alone. And that's why David could write in Psalm 23. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. So David found strength. And the Lord is God. And that should remind us that the Lord gives courage to those who are willing to put their faith into action by acting courageously. Now, as David and his men continued this pursuit of the Amalekites, about one-third of his men, 200 of them, uh, were just too tired and worn out. They were in hot pursuit, and they probably didn't sleep. Um, And I don't even know if they ate, but they uh, 200 of his men just couldn't go on any further. And so David instructed them to stay back with some of the equipment and supplies, while the other 400 went on. And along the way, as they're still in pursuit of the Amalekites, they come across an Egyptian slave uh, who had fallen sick and was left basically for dead by his master. Um, And uh, they found this guy, he hadn't eaten for like three days, hadn't drank water for three days. And uh, this guy was close to death, and so what they did is they sustained him with food and water. And then once he got his strength back, they asked him who he was and asked about his story. And he said, I'm a slave of an Amalekite, and they had just raided a place called Ziklag. And so they knew that this Egyptian could maybe lead them to where the Amalekites were camped out. And sure enough, he agreed to do it as long as they would protect him. And so this man uh, leads them to the spot where the Amalekites were camped. Uh, And so when David and his men arrive, to their surprise, they find out that the Amalekites um, were, were scattered all over the place and they had just been partying. Uh, and, and, and they were drunk, and they were intoxicated, uh, and they were really not in a fighting mood at all. And so David and his men had an advantage, and they fought, the Bible says, they fought with the Amalekites for two days and won a decisive victory. This is what the Bible says. David, and this is found in 1 Samuel 30, verses 18 and 19. David recovered. Everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives, nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else that they had taken, David brought everything back. So they rescued their loved ones, they recovered all their possessions, their flocks, their herds that were stolen, nothing was missing. And what's striking about this story is how David went from the depths of despair to the heights. Of victory in just a few days and so David's men who a few days earlier got basically wanted to lynch him um, were impressed and they even said out loud this is David's plunder and now they were singing his praise and so this uh, ironically became one of David's finest hours and it, it established him in the minds of his 600 men that he was worthy of the throne of Israel. Um, Granted, David had made mistakes, uh, but he exercised faith in God in the midst of crisis. He chose the way of humility in asking for God's counsel. He inquired of the Lord. And then he summoned the courage to act when God told him that it was time to act. And that's what great leaders do. They're able to put their faith in God, humble themselves before God, and then act with courage when the time is right. That's why it says in verse 6, David found strength in the Lord his God. We see in David a man of faith, humility, and courage. But he also had another indispensable leadership quality, wisdom. David and his men were now heading back to Ziklag, and they were rejoicing because they had recovered their families, uh, members, and all of their possession, their herds, their cattle. And they, along the way, meet up with the 200 men who were too tired to go with them into battle. And these men had stayed back with the supplies and equipment. And this is what it says in verse 21, in verses 21 and 22. They came out to meet David and the men with him, As David and his men approached, he asked them, the 200, how they were. But all the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers said, Because they did not go with us, we will not share with them the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. Right on the heels of David's huge victory over the Amalekites, now he's confronted with another problem, another crisis. Can you imagine uh, the arrogance of these guys? How childish and petty they were behaving? Um, David uh, handled this crisis in an amazing way. And I want you to see how he managed this. Look at verses 23 to 25. David replied, No, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. Notice what he said. This is what God has given us. God, He has protected us and delivered us into our hand, delivered them into our hands. This raiding party that came against us. You see what David is doing here in this verse? He's reminding these four hundred who fought with him that this victory belonged to God. They didn't do this on their own. They can't take credit for this. And then he says in verse 24, who will listen to what you say? The share of the man. Now notice the wisdom here. The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went into battle. All will share alike. And then David made this a statute and ordinance for Israel from that day forward. You see, people recognize wisdom when they see it. I think at that point, those 400 men probably were put to shame and they realized the wisdom of David, and they thought, wow, what a man of God this is. What wisdom we are seeing here. And so David reminds the 400 fighting men that this was a team victory. Everyone played an important role. The 200 who stayed behind protected the supplies and equipment. And so everything needed to be divided equally. And so here we see an example, as I said, of David's wisdom. David used this particular crisis as a teachable moment. And I want you to watch this. Um, David was, gonna, was soon to ascend the throne of Israel. Uh, King Saul was about to be overthrown and die in battle. Uh, and David was going to ascend the throne. And he knew that he would have to bring the 12 tribes of Israel together as one nation under God. And it was essential that these 600 fighting men who were loyal to him understood the power of unity. David needed to quash this spirit of tribalism before it got out of hand. Um, And so this attitude of stinginess that they had was a deadly poison uh, that could have infected the health of the entire body of people if he didn't nip it in the bud. And that's exactly what he did here. Had David agreed to leave these 200 men out of the share of the plunder, what do you think would have happened? They would have been embittered against the other 400, possibly against David himself, and it would have stirred all kinds of division, disunity amongst these 600 men. And so you see, it takes wisdom to unite people. Um, It's easier to divide It's not hard to divide, but it takes wisdom and skill to unite, and that's what David did. So David wasn't done. He, uh, at this point in this, it tells us uh, from verse 26 onward that David then sent some of the plunder that they recovered as a gift to the elders of Judah who were his friends, people who, uh, in other places, who helped David. And his fighting men when they were roaming through the desert fleeing from Saul and so these elders helped David in his time of trouble and now he's returning the favor so David was ingratiating himself to other people as well because he knew that he would someday be their king and so that's the sign of a great leader he was forming friendships and alliances before he ascended the throne. And and that's what I would call an egalitarian leader. David um, led with grace, mercy, kindness, and generosity, and everybody could see his wisdom at work. Well, in a few short days, uh, David bounced back from what could have been his worst defeat um, and wins one of his greatest moral victories. And that's because, what verse 6 says, David found strength in the Lord his God. And so, why is this story important for us? And what are we to learn from David's response in this time of crisis? Well, last week I mentioned this. One of the lessons is that David was a man of godly character. We know that. And his character was forged through years of hardship, uh, trial, and suffering. And the decisions and actions that David took in this present crisis were testimony to this character that he had developed over many years. David had learned over a lifetime of challenges how to trust God in times of crisis. And he learned by experience that God was faithful. And I'm wondering, have you given God the opportunity to prove himself faithful to you? Have you trusted in him and humbled yourself before him the way David did so that God could prove himself to you? Uh, That's what I'm going to ask us to do today at the end of this message. So, by the time David is facing this current crisis with the Amalekites, um, it was intuitive for him to turn to God. Um, David instinctively found strength in God. Turned to him in prayer and listened. He inquired of the Lord before doing anything. He had developed this over a lifetime and so I want to say this to you today the choices that you make today are developing the pattern for the choices you will make in the future the choices you make today are developing a pattern for the choices that you will make in the future so start now the second lesson is David believed that despite human evil like the Amalekites attacking Ziklag and taking their families and possessions and these 400 men who didn't want to share in the plunder. David had learned that despite human evil, God was still at work behind the scenes to bring about his purposes. This explains why David was able to be so kind and generous to the 200 who didn't go and fight with the others. Um, He knew that God was in this, uh, that this was all unfolding according to God's plan. Um, He knew that the victory belonged to God alone. And so we learn something about God in this story, uh, that God is with those, goes with those, and helps those who trust him, faith. Um, And we also learn that God watches over his people. That's humility, those who humble themselves before him. God gives courage and wisdom to those who humble themselves before them. And so, like David, I've made mistakes um, as a leader. I make lots of mistakes. Uh, I I try to, uh, I hope I have good judgment as a leader, but sometimes I don't, and I have to depend on other people to help me, like our church board and our pastoral team. Um, But I have learned to turn to God in faith, And to humble myself before Him in listening prayer when I'm confronted by problems and and difficult decisions. just the way I live my life now. And I often journal uh, what I hear from the Lord. Um, And when I do this, uh, I find, you know, quite mysteriously, God gives me courage. And I'm not a naturally courageous person, I don't think. But God gives me boldness to act when I know that I've heard from Him. And sometimes he gives me a promise from the Bible. Sometimes he just speaks to me in a still, small voice. And and that's why I said last week that Psalm 78, verse 72, really speaks to me. It says, David shepherded them, the people of God. He shepherded them with integrity of heart. I want to have that kind of integrity. And then it says, he led them with skillful hands. I want to do the same. I want to be that kind of a leader. Uh, And by the grace of God... Uh, that is my intention. Uh, so just as the Amalekites and the 400 uh, warriors stirred up trouble for David, um, God allows people to make trouble for me in my life, and especially as a pastor. Um, I find that there's always trouble brewing beneath the surface. And uh, and so in those times, uh, I've got to find my strength in God. I need to... Um, put my faith in Him, humble myself before Him, and then have the courage to act and use the best wisdom I know how as God teaches me. And so here's what I want you to do this week. This is some of the same things I said last week, so I want you to build upon this. Step number one, identify a problem confronting you and tell God about it in prayer. Would you do that? What is it you're facing in your life right now? Would you tell God about it? Um... Step number two, pray Psalm 18, verse 2, and pray it daily. Pray it over and over again. Memorize it and say it out loud, because this will affirm that you will find your strength in God. Um, Step number three, before doing anything, inquire of the Lord. So in prayer, be still, wait for the Lord, and listen what God will say to you. And then step number four, have the courage to act when God reveals His Word to you or if He gives you a promise. And then step number five, ask God for wisdom to show you what to do each step of the way along this journey. Well like David, we We'll learn by experience, if we will trust God, we will learn by experience that God is faithful and he works on behalf of those who will humble themselves before him. And with that I'd like to invite you to pray with me. Father I thank you once again for the example of David and how he had grown deeper in faith and humility because of crisis because of the problems he faced they didn't undo him but they buttressed him and made him stronger and so lord we see that we can also grow in faith and we can learn humility in times of crisis and we can learn how to act with courage in times of crisis when you speak to us and when you show us that you are with us. And then, Lord, we know that you will grant us the wisdom and the insight to know what decisions to make and how to treat people with grace, kindness, and mercy. And so as our heads are bowed in prayer, I just want to remind you that it's not only the choices you make in life that are important, It's the lessons that you learn along the way and the person you become at the end of the journey. Your response to the problems you're facing right now reveal who you are, but your response to these problems and whether you're going to uh, choose to go the way of David or the way of Saul, uh, that's going to shape who you'll become in the future. So if you'll learn to find your strength in God, During the crisis that you're facing now, it will give you the resolve to do the same thing when you're facing future problems. It'll become instinctive for you, intuitive for you to put your faith in God and humble yourself before Him. And then you will begin to become the person He created you to be. David found strength in the Lord His God. Will you do the same? Thank you, Father. Help us, give us the grace to do this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you all.